0: Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, October 20th, 2023, I wish you a very, very happy National Brandied Fruit Day. Today's show Is as always presented by Big Banter Sports. Of course, you have the Big Ten Network that's going to broadcast to you on some random night in November. FIU taking on Rutgers. Well, Big Ten Network's great for that. Big Banter Sports is great for just about anything other than that. They've got exclusive podcasts covering specific teams, both in college football. And in college basketball in the Big Ten. Every single team is covered. It is your one place to get the best, most comprehensive Big Ten sports content out there. So make sure you follow them wherever you're getting your content. Before we get going, I need to address the elephant in the room. And that is our previous episode. I, as you know, okay, I've been recovering from a, from a minor cold, okay, nothing that really knocked me out, I was just, I didn't sound like myself, which makes it hard to podcast, so I didn't sound like myself, and in the previous episode, I just simply forgot to edit out about a 45 second clip in which I was sipping some water clearing my throat a little bit having a cough just things that you would never want to hear about and i forgot to edit it out well then i heard it i edited the episode and i re-uploaded it but that didn't matter spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting your podcast they said man we're just gonna keep the first file so for that i apologize and i promise to be better at least promise to try to be better so there's that if that hasn't scared you away then welcome back and by the way the amount of listens that we get on this show on a episode basis it's pretty good it's pretty solid it's nowhere in comparison to the amount of likes that we're getting on twitter right now we'll publish an episode and we'll get five six likes on the tweet itself which i appreciate and i thank those who like it but if you're listening we know statistically there are several 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 of you who are taking in the episode hopefully enjoying it subscribed but not liking the tweet if you could like the tweet today as you listen right now if you don't mind just go like the tweet it's gonna get it out to more people it'll be better for the podcast and as we say all the time what's best for the podcast is also what's best for you while you're here make sure you are subscribed to the views from the shop podcast wherever you're getting your episodes today's show we're going to cover the non conference schedule preview give this a listen you hear that that is that is deep that is that that is depth of conversation that is going to come to you today, because I have notes upon notes upon notes for today's episode, and I, I here's how we're gonna do it. Okay, if you're curious, I'm not doing it based on how the schedule is laid out. However, I am starting with Dayton because I want to give that exhibition some love. From there, I'm going to go from least potential loss likelihood that's that's you can trademark that that's mine to most likely loss potential likelihood possibility so i will not be starting or maybe i will you never know but newsflash I, i actually won't be starting with oakland for the regular season i'll be starting with another team Starting with Dayton for the expedition ex- exhibition, we know that word sucks for me, and then we'll go on from there. So, if you're wondering, what is this order about? Well, we're going to talk about the teams I'm least concerned about first, and then we'll go into the teams I'm most concerned about. But let's start with Dayton. I know this is just an exhibition, doesn't count for anything, but I want to talk about Dayton for a couple specific reasons. So, number one. Dayton and Cincinnati and Xavier and maybe Ohio and Toledo and Akron and whoever else may be in the state of Ohio, they all look up at Ohio State. For what is worth, Ohio State is the big brother of the state in basketball. And Xavier would say, no, no, we're really good too. And Dayton would probably say, hey, we're on a somewhat similar playing field. Well, you're not. But thanks for coming out. And I have nothing against Dayton, but that's just the way it is. However, their fans, they are energetic and they're passionate about Flyer basketball. I've seen that. I'm located in that region. And it's pretty legit. Dayton also has a phenomenal venue. I mean, it's really, really good. Better than the shot, which isn't hard to do. So this game, although it's an exhibition, doesn't count for anything. This is going to be a test for Ohio State, so I'm going to give you a brief primer on Dayton, and then we'll move on to all the other teams on the schedule. And I'll try; I will do my best to fly through this, but it's going to be packed. So, be advised. So, Dayton last season they finished 22 and 12. They went 12 and 6 in the A10. That stands for Atlantic 10. For those of you scoring at home, finishing second in the conference, finished 79th in Ken Palm. And they lost to Wisconsin. They they lost to Wisconsin. If you're familiar with Wisconsin from what we've talked about during this season preview series, you know their offense wasn't good. They lost to Wisconsin 43-42. to 42. No, that's not the final score of the Ohio State-Penn State game coming tomorrow if you're listening on Friday. That's the final score of a college basketball game. 43 to 42 if that's not wisconsin i'm not sure what is so a fair season for dayton probably below its standards of where they'd like to be but that's how they finished last season this year preseason ken palm rankings are out doesn't that excite you they're 69th in ken palm they're an overwhelming favorite to win the a10 and they're returning their top score but losing their next best fourth. So there's going to be a lot of turnover here on this Dayton team. We'll talk about that top scorer here in a second. They're led by Anthony Grant. He played at UD. And if you don't recall, Dayton went 29-2 and in the COVID year. If you also recall, some simulation had Ohio State winning the national title that year. I'm just going to assume that Ohio State would have beaten Dayton in the national title. What could have been? But Anthony Grant has led Dayton to 20 wins or more in four of six years. Of course, he was at Bama before that. He had an SEC regular season title. Trivia for you. When's the last time a team won the SEC regular season title and then didn't make the NCAA tournament? I'm going to assume it was this year with Bama. But I could be wrong. And I didn't think too hard about that either. So if I am wrong, then I don't particularly care. But... He led Alabama to an SEC regular season title. They missed the tournament, and then they lost the NIT title game. So, lots of ups and downs for that team. But, Anthony Grant has had success where he's been, and the team. The team is Deron Holmes II. Not really going to look into it much deeper than that. It is an exhibition, for all we know, but as you watch this exhibition on sunday it'll be on espn plus you can find it on our twitter page i didn't pin the tweet but it's only a couple tweets ago as it was this week we already do have the link where the game will be streamed on espn plus but deron holmes is going to be the player to watch for dayton how will ohio state defend him he's 6'10, 235 he averaged 18 points per game last season eight rebounds per game as well. Not great when it comes to deep shooting ability, but he improved from his freshman to sophomore season. Now stepping into his junior season, he is a really good shot blocker too, long player. He he is the guy for Dayton that Ohio State is going to have to handle. This is not going to be an easy game. Not just because it's Jaron Holmes. Not just because Dayton is a new look team, whatever. It's going to be maybe harder to scout for them. But this game is being played at Dayton. It is a sold-out venue. I don't even know when tickets went on sale. I would assume that all the season ticket holders scooped up these tickets and there were a couple left over. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be a Dayton contingent there, even though this is in-state and two schools that are separated by, what, an hour and a half or so? But this is going to be a tough game for Ohio State. This is going to be a good game for Ohio State too. Because as we know, the second game of the year is against Texas A&M. Luckily, it's at home. But that's still going to be a tough game. This is going to be environment-wise one of the crazier environments I think that they play in this year. That student section, by the way, is raucous. I've experienced it. I've been yelled at in a past life by their student section. They're legit. So this game should be good. It should be fun to watch. I wouldn't just gloss over this next Sunday. The Bengals are off. If you're a Bengals fan on Sunday, you know they're off. I don't know when the Browns play. But when you see Ohio State playing Dayton in an exhibition and you're just like, yeah, whatever, you know, I don't care to watch or whatever the case may be, I I wouldn't just look over the game. Definitely give it a look. Uh, This should be a good one and a good test for Ohio State. You'll be able to see the Buckeyes for the first time in action all season. So that's Dayton. By the way, obviously this game, the the proceeds go to charity to help support mental health within the state of Ohio. Obviously a a cause that's very close to Anthony Grant, head coach of Dayton. Of course, a a rather sad situation there. But again, can't commend these two teams enough for putting this together. Should be a, a great showcase for everyone involved. So that's Dayton. And I I will sit my water early on if you if you had over on the over under was set at probably like 24 minutes as to when I would take my first sip and if you took the alternative under of like 15 minutes it's about to hit so you're welcome cash at speaking of that past three days boy it's been a profitable day for your host your one and only host when it comes to, to sports betting so shout out to me for that and shout out also to the Jags last night picking up a dub use that profit boost on the money line mmm good stuff all right let's get into the regular season here we're to talk all of the non-conference teams Ohio State is gonna play I have ranked these teams by who I am least concerned about to who I am most concerned about so the team that we're gonna talk about first is the team that I am least concerned about and honestly kind of surprised that this is the team and last how's that for a tease for you i'm going with western michigan and you may say western michigan doesn't ohio state have all these mid majors like freaking new orleans on the schedule they do but western michigan is bad in my opinion so west virginia west virginia yikes that's that's way way well I mean, we play them but i don't know where that came from they finished number 323 in ken Palm. Last season there's about three hundred eighty ish teams, I believe, in division one. So how do you say bad without being offensive? I'm not sure. On my notes here, I see that they lost to Minnesota. I have the score is sixty-one to ten. That's not accurate. Um, but they did lose to Minnesota according to my notes. They also lost to Iowa State by sixteen. They lost to Wisconsin by ten. The final score of that one was probably like fifty four to forty four. Offense intended Wisconsin. Uh, they were horribly, horribly bad. They are wretched defensively. Their defensive rating was 116.8. That is just that. that that's awful. It, it's so, so horrendously bad. Your defensive rating essentially is how many points you're giving up per every 100 possessions. 116.8 is gonna is gonna lose you a lot of games. Um, steals, blocks use of fouls all rank with within the words that i just said which would be foul and rank this season they're ranked number 318 in kenpom and that's last among all the mac schools but barely lower than our friends at eastern and central michigan so if you're a directional michigan school this year when it comes to college basketball sorry, pack it in, wait until baseball season or or something. Maybe hockey would be a good sport for them. I don't follow hockey. Um, In terms of players that they've got on the team and what they did last season as a whole, they're a pretty solid offensive rebounding team. They're losing their best though when it came to offensive rebounding in Marquise Hastings. However, Seth Hubbard, if you're familiar, second best offensive rebounder on the team, He's back. They're going to lose their top scorer, Lamar Norman Jr. He averaged 18 points per game last season. That's a big loss for them. And then their leading returning scorer is Titus Wright. Plays center for them, and he averaged 8 points per game last season. Look, in terms of the teams that Ohio State's going to face, there's a large range of really bad to really good. This is... The baddest of the bad, in my opinion. I figured that I would be picking more the mid-major, the low-major teams before a max school, but I'm sorry. From what I saw, from the research that I did on Western Michigan, I think that they're going to be bad, and I think that Ohio State should win this game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to write these down. I'm actually going to get my picks, as if, as if I have any shot of getting this right. But I'm gonna give my picks here, and if we come back and I make one of these, if one of these hits, man, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna go Ohio State 92 to 67 on this one. Bad defensive team, losing a lot of production, losing their top score. This game feels like one that they'll win. They're also playing this game, and I should have had this up. And I'm actually gonna to try to silently type this while we're here. Uh, but they're gonna play Western Michigan. I believe in November, right before Ohio State heads to... And now I have last year's schedule up, so that's even less helpful. Uh, But right before they head to whatever is it, the Emerald Coast Classic. Yeah, they'll take on Western Michigan on November 19th. That's a 4 o'clock game on Sunday. If I would have known the time, I maybe would have made this game a little bit closer. That's a tough game to get up up for. A Sunday at 4 p.m., right before Thanksgiving... We'll see. Okay, but I won't worry myself with that. Let's move on. Second team, I would say, is the least likely to give Ohio State any concern next season. Merrimack. The Merrimack Warriors. And let me tell you, I'm just going to start by saying I am somewhat embarrassed at the amount of notes i have for this game i just I, I was looking into this team and i was like oh this is interesting this is interesting and, and, and i know merrimack better than i know i don't know illinois at this point so there's that uh last season merrimack they played in the nec conference title game against Fairleigh dickinson uh that is the northeast conference for those of you who are curious. and They finished in first place in the regular season, but lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, obviously, in that conference title game. Finished 309th in Ken Palm. They're 101st, though, in adjusted defensive efficiency, so that's pretty good. Good for them. Uh, Offensively, about as horrid as you can find. Uh, You can go to to CBBanalytics.com. Thankful for their sponsorship of today's show. We'll talk about them more later on. Go there if you dare, and go find Merrimack, but... I need to warn you, whatever you last ate, just be prepared to vomit it back up. Have a trash can handy because it's bad. It's really, really bad uh, what Merrimack did analytically last season. They had a few power conference games last year as well, just playing everyone up there in New England. They took an L to St. John's by 25, gave up 97 points, took an L to Providence by 14, and they also lost to Maine. Why is that important for you? Well, it's probably not going to change your life today. But if you remember, Ohio State did beat Maine last season. I don't remember the score. I was at the game. It was not close. I believe Felix Akpara had a nice little lob in that game, too, that he threw down. I think Roddy also rose up and had a a nice slam dunk as well. So that was fun. Ohio State had no issues with Maine. Merrimack did, however, losing by three. This season for these Merrimack Warriors they're number 331 in Ken kenpom if you're scoring at home or if you're curious let me pull out the sheet here for western michigan oh it's right in front of me on the same exact page western michigan is 318th in Ken Palm this season preseason so take it for what it's worth merrimack a little bit lower at 331 that's out of 362 teams i actually have that number here they're picked to finish first in the northeast conference If you're curious, Fairleigh Dickinson was picked to finish sixth, and this is most likely going to be the worst conference in college basketball this season. Just not good. Look at the quality of teams within that conference. You're not going to be interested in watching the Northeast Conference play this season most likely. Let's talk about some players in the roster and all those types of things. Uh, First of all, fun fact for Merrimack, they're in their final year of reclassification in Division 1. So welcome, Merrimack. It's going to be fun. Uh, They'll return four starters from last season and seven letter winners. Now, since high school, I'm not certain on what constitutes a letter winner. I don't know the requirements, but I know that that they return seven of, of said letter winners. So good for them. Defensively, this is going to be an interesting team to watch. They were on a hybrid 2-3 zone. Their defense, like I said, last season was actually pretty solid. They've got a kid named Jordan Miner who will play in the middle of that 2-3 zone. He blocked 2.4 shots per game last season. Stepping into his senior year, he also averaged 15 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, shot 53% from the field. He was really, really good at the rim offensively and defensively, so he could give Ohio State some issues. This team, well, eh, I'm not even going to go there yet. Let's just, let's wait for that. They also get Siggy Reed back. He's 6'6 forward, 235 pounds. He averaged 11 points per game last season, five rebounds, and shot 43% from behind the arc. So Merrimack's got a couple guys who, at least counting stats-wise, they look good. However... Here's what I'll say about that. Ohio State in the past couple of years typically has played well against team that run, teams that run a 2-3 zone, especially in non-conference, especially when they're just simply better. When they can move the ball, they've got good shooters, they've got good athletes, they're just simply better. DNA makeup is better than the teams that are playing in the non-conference when it comes to these mid-majors. So there's that. They'll be good defensively. Merrimack does kind of bother me, though. I, I feel slightly perturbed by them because of the fact that they just feel deliberately ground and pound. Like, you're thinking Woody Hayes, three yards and a cloud of dust. I, I, I think that Merrimack is like, I'm just going to go out there and average two and a half yards per carry just to piss everyone off. That's what this team feels like. So, uh, great defense. However, ninth slowest adjusted tempo in the country last season. They're like we're not going to let you score we're also not going to let ourselves score because we won't shoot the ball until there's five seconds left on the shot clock just annoyingly slow more further they had more games last season scoring below 50 points than they did above 80 points last season more points scoring below 50 than they did scoring more than 80 last season And let me, I'm just going to let you guess, how many games last season did they score less than 60? Give you a couple seconds, there's 30-some games in a season, they were the best team in the Northeast Conference, so probably not that many, right? Wrong. 15 games below 60 points. Half of their season, they scored below 60 points. That's Merrimack for you. They're going to come out there and they're going to try to slug Ohio State. They're going to try to slow them down. They're going to use some good center play, which is always fun in the Big Ten. And that will be Merrimack. How about a score prediction for this one, shall we? Uh, This one's going to be kind of rude, but I'm good with it. 97-68, Ohio State will win this game. That's my score prediction for the fighting Merrimack Warriors. Next up on the list, as I straighten up my papers here, let's go to Central Michigan. This uh, The Mac, the back end of the Mac is not going to be good this season. I won't spend too much time on these bad teams. At least I'll try not to. I'm not sure how much time I've spent on these teams already. Uh, Merrimack deserves some love, though, because I found some cool notes on them. Central Michigan, last season. 10-21, 5-13. In the MAC, number three hundred thirty-four in Ken Palm, and in one game, in one entire game last season, they scored thirty-five points. In an entire game, they scored thirty-five points. Ohio State scored more than thirty-five minutes, thirty-five points at halftime in twenty minutes of a game probably more times than Central Michigan scored 35 points in a game, which is, is that good? I don't know. And I don't want to dwell on it anymore. Uh, they lost to Marquette by 24. They lost to Minnesota by eight. Minnesota is basically MAC anyway. I'm I'm willing to give Minnesota the heat at this point because, again, I just, there's something about Ben Johnson. I don't like him as a person i'm sure he's fine i don't i don't wish for him to lose his job or anything that's just that's not cool uh but as a coach i don't think he's very good and then central michigan they inexplicably beat michigan by two they beat michigan by two points lost to marquette by 24 but beat michigan by two Only in college basketball, man. And by the way, this is why I started the show by telling you, by the way, it's been great. I've had some success in my sports betting endeavors recently. Do it responsibly. By the way, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. No one likes it when you're dumb. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, you've got a team that can lose to Marquette by 24 and then beat Michigan. By two. Not that Michigan was great last season. They weren't. But this is why we don't bet on the spread. Okay? The spread is the hardest thing to bet on in all of sports. The odds are minus 110 and minus 110. It's not going to be profitable for you. And the books know these games. And they will adjust the lines and the odds based on where the money is. Don't bet on the spreads, people. Don't do it. However, I... I I, No. I'll just pass. Don't bet on the spread. Uh, this season, wow! Uh, this season, they're 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 ranked 312th in Ken Palm, and I don't know what the MAC is doing. They're sleeping wherever their their uh, their league office is. I'm not aware of it. It's probably something like Vermilion, Ohio, or um, I'm trying to think of another obscure town in Ohio and I don't think I'm gonna be able to they're Marion Ohio maybe shout out if you're listening from marion Marion uh no Mac preseason pull yet so we don't know where they'll finish or, or what the vibes are on Central Michigan I'm out on them except for I think that they could be okay that's about it uh Brian Taylor is gonna return for Central Michigan this season he averaged 14 points per game last season six rebounds couple assists per game. So he was a nice contributor for Central Michigan. Outside of that, I'm not sure why you would watch a Central Michigan game. They're horrible at taking care of the ball last season. They're horrible shooting the ball from deep. Uh, Shooting in general was just bad for them. And they are poor defensively. So not a lot of fun. Uh, One thing that they did do well, I had to dig a little bit, but I found it. They blocked shots well last season about the only thing that they did remotely well, uh, but losing some production there as well. So the, the sh- block shots numbers will probably come down. Um, this is a team ranked outside the top 300 in Ken Palm. They're losing a lot of production. They went 10 and 21 in a bad Mac last season. Uh, so for that reason, I've got central Michigan ranked pretty low here uh, on my rankings. Uh, they, they were a little plucky. They lost to Minnesota by eight. You, you beat Michigan by two. Who knows what happens? they, they do return a little bit. They were still bad. So as far as the score prediction for this one, can I get a, a an 85 to 71, please? 85 to 71 is going to be uh, the score I'll take here. Central Michigan. Let's move on to another Mac school. Let's go to Miami. I, I should have numbered these. And actually, I'm going to kind of uh, – will I, though? I'll try to number these as I go. The, the issue here is that uh, – how, how many – non-conference games do we have see that's the issue too is i i really i should pause and like do this better but i'm i'm not going to do it uh so quit asking we went western michigan see where's my sheet on merrimack now i'm just i'm a wreck i I, actually i've got it here so that's one merrimack is number two i'm jotting this down as we go uh central michigan is number three so good for central michigan number four least likely team to beat us uh, us, as if I'm on the team, Ohio State, uh, is Miami of Ohio in Oxford, a random town in, uh, Western, is that West? Sometimes I struggle with the compass. That's West Ohio. Uh, basically in Indiana, but some would say that Cincinnati's basically in Kentucky and I would be upset with that. So, uh, last season for Miami, a little bit better, uh, slightly better than Central Michigan. They finished 12 and 20. One more win, one less loss than Central Michigan had. 6-12 in the conference, literally one game better in the MAC than Central Michigan was. Uh, Number 268 in Ken Palm, that's a fair amount better than Central Michigan. Uh, They played two power conference teams. They lost to Georgia by seven. Nah, that doesn't really do it for me. That's fine. They took a big L to Indiana, though, losing to Indiana by 30. Last season, they were pretty solid offensively when you look at the metrics there. This season, they're ranked number 233 in Ken Palm. Again, there's no MAC preseason poll yet, so not much that I can do there. However, this team is kind of exciting to me. They were bad last season, but they are a little bit like Ohio State in that they had a bunch of freshmen playing on the team. This season, they've got 10 players. Who are sophomores or younger and by younger i mean freshmen. i also completely obliterated the spelling of sophomores when i wrote it here and i'm not sure why google docs didn't tell me that um i would be more excited about miami and they'd probably go higher on this list if they retained makai larry he averaged 17 points per game last season and four assists For Miami, but they don't get him back. They do, however, return a center by the name of Anderson Marambo. I'm noticing a trend here. The past couple teams at Ohio State that we've talked about, they all have good center play. So that'll be interesting to see how Felix akpara and Sedki. By the way, the first time I've even mentioned Ohio State player. Actually, I mentioned Roddy Gale and Felix Akpara, but uh we're just we're really not talking a lot about Ohio State basketball, but we we are talking about how it affects Ohio State. So uh, there's that. Uh, mirambo last season playing center, he averaged 14 points per game, only six rebounds per game, a couple of assists per game, so that's pretty good. A uh, slew of other freshmen stepping into year two. Most of those guys staying with the program. I think one player transferred out who got a fair amount of minutes, uh, but that's about it for Miami. So, They've got, they had a lot of young production last season. It'll step up and hopefully be better this season. Uh, there for the, what are they? The, 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 they're not the Falcons, are they? They're some kind of, the Red Hawks. They're the Red Hawks. And Central Michigan is the Chippewas, just so you know. Uh, They shot the ball well last season, especially from inside the three-point line, from the free-throw line. uh, Two-point field goal percentage was really, really good, Uh, but this team can and likely will be beat defensively. They just weren't very good uh, retaining what they are this season, no changing in head coaching or anything like that. I would expect them to still be a pretty poor defensive team, Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that Ohio State is going to win this game. Let's give a score of 89 to 70. And these scores are, I don't know where I get them from. Second sip of the day and we chug along. Number five is going to be the opening game for Ohio State. That's the Oakland Grizzlies. Oakland, just so you're aware, is located in Michigan, not California. I would assume that you know that already but just letting you know they play in the Horizon League last season they finished 13 and 19 they are 11 and nine in the Horizon League so that's pretty solid 272nd in Kenpom uh, they played three games against power conferences took a loss to Oklahoma State by 29 took a loss to Syracuse by 33 and they lost to Michigan State by only 13. again. This is why we don't bet on the spread because if you're looking at these games, I don't know when they were played. Actually, I, I believe I, I wrote these sequentially. Uh, so you're seeing, okay, I, I'm looking for some action tonight. It, not in that way, uh, in the sports betting way. And uh, I see they lost to Oklahoma State by 29, lost to Syracuse by 33. Now they play Michigan State. Yeah, if the spread is like 17 and a half or probably worse. I'm going to take Michigan State's side on that. Wrong. They only went by 13. Maybe the spread was 12 and a half. I don't know. But anyways, that's why we don't bet on the spread. They gave up 90 points or more to both Oklahoma State and Syracuse as well. So this is a penetrable uh, defense here with Oakland. Uh, This season, pick to finish sixth in the Horizon League. And there also appears to be a big drop-off between the top half and the bottom half of the Horizon League. And this is a bottom-half team in the Horizon League. So say the, the preseason poll. 271st in Ken Palm as well. As that compares to the previous team we talked about in Miami, let me find that really quickly this is what happens when you print these pages out you have to get them uh, miami 233rd and oakland 271st so they're expected to be a little bit worse than miami in terms of ken palm for what that's worth but here's why i think oklahoma is going to be uh, a little bit uh, oklahoma did i say oklahoma oakland It's going to be a little bit tougher of a game. They've got a dude. They've got a guy. Trey Townsend, preseason first team, Horizon League. He averaged 17 points per game, eight rebounds per game, two assists per game last season. He's 6'6", 212. I would assume that Roddy Gale is going to be attempting to put the clamps on Trey Townsend in this game. Again, it's the first game of the season, so we're going to have to work out some kinks here. It's probably not going to be beautiful uh, throughout, but this is a game that, again, Ohio State will be favored to win pretty easily. But Trey Townsend, he's going to get some buckets most likely. If Roddy Gale can can hold him and, and the Ohio State defense in general, whoever guards him, can hold him to under 10 points, I'll say, wow, well done. That makes me feel good about Ohio State's defense, which has been a huge topic of discussion this season. But Ohio State will be favored by 20. Or so I would assume. I don't know if this line is out. I can check, but uh, I won't. Uh, it's going to be too too much for me to do all at the same time. Uh, I will give a score prediction for this one though. I'm going to go 81 to 64. Uh, a little bit lower scoring for Ohio State, but they pull away as the game goes on. I'm going to I'm going to separate this out now. We're we're going to go into a new tier here. So the first tier that we had. Just to summarize in case you missed it, and again, I should have, these papers are, are driving me nuts at this point, but uh, we've got Western Michigan, we've got Merrimack, Central Michigan, Miami, Oakland. Let's go into a new tier now. The, that chunk of teams, I think is like just, I, I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. This next chunk, and there's only a couple teams in this chunk, but uh, they deserve to be kind of highlighted a little bit more. So the next team I'll talk about is New Orleans, and as you look at this team, there they were bad last season. In Ken Palm, they were bad. This season, they're not expected to be very good at all either. But this team has some guys who I, I I'm somewhat concerned about. Last season, they finished twelve and twenty, seven and eleven in the Southland Conference, uh, sixth finishing sixth in the conference. They're number 332 in Ken Palm. That's just straight-up garbage. That's really bad. Uh, it, they weren't competitive against Butler or LSU or Purdue, the three power conference games that they had. They weren't good. This season, they're not picked to be much better. In Ken Palm, they're hundred 292nd. 292nd in Ken Palm. That's well below a couple of teams that I've already mentioned. But I'm giving you a tear break. I believe in New Orleans, the privateers. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. So they're picked number number three in the Southland Conference poll. Whatever. If that means anything to you, then more power to you. But this is a pretty deep team. And they have eight returning players on this roster. And they have a player that should not be playing at New Orleans. Sorry to offend I'm not sure why he didn't transfer out of New Orleans uh, this season. He set, first of all, his name is Jordan Jackson. Jordan Jackson set a school record last season with 93 made three-pointers, and he shot 48.2% from the field? No, from three. He made nearly half of his three-point attempts last season. 48.2%. That is a NCAA record. Three-point percentage record holder in a single season goes to Jordan Jackson at New Orleans from last season. He shot 48.2%. He averaged 18 points per game, four assists per game, preseason first team, all SLC, as you would expect. So he's a guy who can just stroke it. Really, really good from deep uh scored 18 points per game he's going to be someone who ohio state is going to have to be concerned about also they get tyson jackson back who's returning i believe he was voted second team all slc but i don't have that in front of me so i could be wrong um tyson jackson averaged 11 points per game five rebounds per game so he's a nice added lift for new orleans last season they were really, really bad at taking care of the ball. They struggle with with turnovers, and that really doesn't help when you're a bad defensive team, which they were. But they'll play quickly. They shoot the ball well from the field. Uh, they've got a versatile offense that can score in the paint, in transition, off second chance points, from deep, obviously, as well. So as you look at teams that can be plucky, that can pull off an upset Uh look at Ohio state and world Roberts from a couple seasons ago. Max Abram is about to go play at Texas this season. How do these teams typically pull off off upsets or, or make games closer than they should be? Um, Number one, you have experience and they've got eight returning players. Number two, you've got an incredible player. Like you need someone on the roster who can break the game and they have that with Jordan Jackson and number three, I think you need to be able to shoot the three. Obviously, they can do that with Jordan Jackson. Outside of him, they don't have really any prominent shooters. But Jordan Jackson can do that. So this is a team that I think Ohio State, like, you're going to look at this schedule and you're going to see New Orleans, whatever, like, that's fine. And and this game is going to be played, I believe, in late December. Let me do some scrolling here and find that for you really quickly. It'll be played on December 21st, so right before Christmas. Uh, That also feels like a trap game. So... A lot of factors here where I'm like, uh, this game kind of makes me a little nervous. Makes me a lot more nervous than any of the MAC teams that Ohio State is going to face. More mer- nervous than Merrimack. Uh, but should Ohio State win, of course, I still think that New Orleans could maybe give Ohio State a little bit of trouble. I'm going to go Ohio State winning this game uh, 77 to 64, if that's okay with you. I don't know what the spread will be in this game. If I were to ever bet a spread, it would be this one. I just feel like New Orleans can be plucky. It's it's played on a Thursday. What time is this game? 6 p.m., so that's that's fine. If it were like a Thursday at 4, it's right before Christmas break. I'm, I'm completely out on that. Uh, but that's a fine time. I don't know. New Orleans just kind of, they worry me a little bit. So uh, there's that. Let's move on to Santa Clara. I'm I'm hoping to get this done in less than an hour. And if you're if you're betting on over under 60 and a half minutes, uh you're sweating right now. And me taking that sip of water doesn't help the the unders. The underbetters. Santa Clara, this game is to be played in the Emerald Coast Classic. We're also not sure that Ohio State is going to play. Santa Clara. It's either going to be Santa Clara or Oregon or Oregon if you prefer to pronounce it that way I prefer Oregon. I believe that's correct. Uh, you'd have to ask people from Oregon. Santa Clara, we may play them. I put them on here just because essentially just to get you prepped in case Ohio State does. Last season they went 23 and 10, 11 and 5 in the WCC. Uh, when you're playing in the West Coast Conference and you finish in third, it might as well be first because you've got Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the same conference. So good for Santa Clara. For me, they can hang a banner that says basically first in the conference last season. They won their final seven games of the regular season before losing in the first round of the conference tournament and then in the first round of the NIT. So a sad ending for Santa Clara. You hate to see it. You really do. Um, but that's other season ended uh they did beat cal so that's cool shout out to santa clara for beating cal the minnesota of the pac 12 went zero and four against gonzaga and saint mary's of the world so not all that impressive there they this season are number 115 in Ken Palm, so you're seeing a pretty big uh jump here now and yeah i don't know Look, they're they're losing uh, Brannon Pod- Podzimiski. I, I didn't pronounce his name correctly. He was a freaking NBA draft pick in the first round, so I should be able to pr- pronounce his name. Uh, familiar with the guy? Watch some – when you're a college basketball fan, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but college basketball for me is basically like lighting a candle and it's a, it's a cloudy day, maybe rainy in the fall, and you've got some soup. Uh, you got your, your your cozy blanket. Like college basketball for me, I don't care who is playing. I will turn the game on simply because it just makes me feel happy. I don't know what it is. It's about college basketball. I just like it. It's my comfort sport. Except for when Ohio State is playing. That's a, that's a different story. But. Watched a guy play last year. He was obviously very good. He averaged 20 points per game. He averaged nine rebounds per game, four assists per game. He shot 44% from three. Super, super effective. And now he's going to go play for Golden State and splash around with Steph and with Klay. Uh, huge impact to the team was Brandon uh, He Played up-tempo, helped the team play up-tempo. And he helped the team as well be really, really good shooting. Uh, This is going to be a huge loss for Santa Clara. They won 20 games last season, losing him in Illinois transplant, by the way. Very, very tough on the upcoming season for Santa Clara. They're also losing Carlos Stewart to LSU. He averaged 15 points per game last season as well. They're also losing all five of their top scores. Here's a stat for you. Of the 160... Available starting slots last season for Santa Clara. So they played in 32 games. You have five starting players in each lineup. So 32 times five is 160, according to our stats and info department. Uh, They are returning. uh, I'm not going to be able to do the math. Their top five, essentially, their top five scores took 99.38% of the starts. 159 out of 160. Only one game was started by one of their non top five scorers. I would assume due to injury. These transfers and freshmen are not going to be able to replace them. And as I talk about this now, I really wish that I actually would have moved New Orleans past Santa Clara. I get it. Santa Clara is playing a little bit higher competition. They're going to have a little bit better resources than New Orleans does. But this is a team losing a lot. If you're familiar with college basketball, if you follow it at all, you know Santa Clara was solid last season. Not going to be the same Santa Clara. Again, Picked to finish fifth in the conference. Basically second or third, I should say, when you take out Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So that's fine. I'm out on watching Santa Clara this year. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to give Ohio State... Uh, A a win here, I'll say that it's going to be a little bit closer than maybe we would expect uh, if Ohio State even plays in this game. Again, it's in the Emerald Coast Classic, so Santa Clara could be plucky. I'm going to go Ohio State 80, Santa Clara 71 in a closer game here. Did I give a New Orleans score prediction? Yeah, I did. I said 77-64. And I'm sure you're just feverishly writing all of these down, wondering what my score prediction will be. Onward. Let's go to West Virginia, number eight on this list. West Virginia, man. So last season they finished 19-15, 7-11 in the Big 12, uh, eighth in the Big 12. They were number 19 in Ken Palm, made the NCAA tournament, and then bad things happened. Obviously, Really, really sad ending to the Bob Huggins era, no longer at West Virginia. West Virginia projected ninth in the Big 12 preseason poll. Uh, This is with the additions of Houston, UCF, BYU, and the other team I can't think of right now, Cincinnati, of course. Um, A lot of those teams outside of Houston, UCF is going to be really bad this season, Cincinnati kind of the same. So finishing ninth is fine but it's not a good seller there in the big 12 uh josh eilert named interim head coach west virginia was put in an impossible spot having to fill their head coaching role when they did you can't conduct a search the timing when it did all the jobs were full there wasn't going to be any more movement this comes up it's just tough for west virginia um Josh Elliott, by the way, he was named a member of the top 50 notable Division I support staff by Silver Waves Media. I would love to figure out how you pick out 50 and how you find these 50. I would assume that they're probably nominated, uh, but whatever. Eilert has been on staff since 2007. However, his first year as a coach was last season. He was on staff as as an assistant uh, in the, um, like the recruiting department or whatever that was. He was on staff as a video coordinator, all these different types of roles. He wasn't actually on the sidelines coaching, directing, leading the team until last season. And now he's going to take over a West Virginia team that was senior-led, top six scorers or seniors. All of those seniors are gone. You also have seven outgoing transfers. So, Elliott is going to have a mammoth of a task to bring this team, I think, even over 500. It's going to be tough. However, they do gain some talent coming in. They're going to lose Trey Mitchell to Kentucky, Jimmy Bell to Mississippi State, Jamil King to Kennesaw State. All of those are, are not good for West Virginia. You hate to see that. However... This transfer portal class is kind of stacked. Jesse Edwards, he earned Big 12 preseason honorable mention, by the way. He was the number four transfer portal player joining from Syracuse. He had 14.5 points per game last season at Syracuse. 10.3 rebounds per game. Multiple games with 20 rebounds or more. Imposing defender. This is a huge get For West Virginia and continuing with the front court they also get a cook a cook from Georgetown played a couple years at UConn before transferring to Georgetown now he's heading to West Virginia I don't even know I haven't done the research on if he has his waiver to play there's a a couple of players actually on this list uh, who are gonna need a waiver to play uh, but whatever uh, number 22 in the transfer portal. Well-traveled, obviously. He's got a lot of experience playing college basketball. He's long. He's strong. He's a good defender. Obviously a very good rebounder. He's athletic. So this front court is going to be really good. And then you look at the back court. You've got Raquan Battle coming in from Montana State. He averaged 18 points per game. He can score from anywhere on the court as well. Not the most prolific three-point shooter, but uh, he can score. And then Kirk Krissa from Arizona. Led the Pack 12 in assists per game last season. He's a playmaker. He can hit a three when needed. So West Virginia losing a lot, but they're gaining a lot too in this transfer portal. This is a team worth watching. There's so much turnover, but there's a lot of talent that replaces it. So I will be tuning into some West Virginia games this season. They could be an interesting team. In terms of upset alert for Ohio State, this is a game they should win. There's going to be no trouble getting up for it. I believe it's on December 31st on New Year's Eve. Sorry, it's on December 30th. It's already. It's going to be on Fox. It's going to be in Cleveland uh, at the Q. 7 o'clock start. And it's not going to be a game that's going to be hard for Ohio State to get up for. There's going to be a lot of fans there. The atmosphere should be good. So that doesn't concern me. If this game were at West Virginia or if it were at home against Ohio State on a Monday night, something like that in, in November, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. The other thing that's good for West Virginia here, getting Ohio State as late as it does, it's going to know what its rotation is looking like. It's going to know who's playing what, where, what the minutes look like, and all those types of things that they're not going to simply know probably in November or early December. So that'll that's good for Ohio State. Uh final score prediction in this one, I'm going to go Ohio State 70 and West Virginia, sorry, 72, oh West Virginia 60. Let's let's do that and let's move on. All right. This is where I don't know if I want to break the tier. So I'll sip my water as I think about it. We're going to move on to Oregon here. I uh does Oregon belong in a tier with West Virginia in Santa Clara? No, they don't. That they don't. I'm sorry, I'm breaking the tier here. I I can't do it. There's there's no way. All right, let's go Oregon. So the next couple of teams here, we've got what one, two, three, four teams left. Yeah, this feels good. I like Oregon in this next tier. Um, it was actually really disrespectful that I actually considered putting Oregon in in the second tier. We're gonna to go to the first tier these are going to be the most difficult teams that ohio state is going to have to face by the way just like santa clara ohio ohio state may not play oregon oregon and santa clara i believe play in the emerald coast classic the winner of that game will take on the winner of ohio state and alabama i believe so not sure exactly who ohio state will play there i also don't know what the format is for this this tournament so uh you'll have to look that up i can't help you there so ohio state may play oregon they may play santa clara i want ohio state to play oregon last season oregon 21 and 15 12 and 8 in a really really ugly pack 12 last season they finished number 42 in ken palm this season number 41 in preseason ken palm they are projected to finish fourth in the pack 12 it's going to be a good pack 12 this season at least the top five teams you've got usc oregon UCLA another team Ohio State will face uh, Arizona and Colorado all five teams should be good if you finish within the top five you're going to be a good team and an NCAA tournament team as far as the the team makeup they've got six outgoing transfers two coming to the Big Ten which we've already spoken of with Kahlil Ware and another player who I can't remember but I believe is going to Illinois could be wrong Two incoming transfers, Uh, I really like, uh, I'll try to pronounce this game, but it'll probably be wrong, Cairo Aquindo, I like his game, they also get the number 8 freshman class coming in, Kwame Evans Jr. is the number 18 player in the class, he plays small forward, Jackson Shellstad, number 26 in the nation at point guard, and Mookie Cook, number 40 in the nation at small forward as well so three top 40 recruits that's good for oregon they're really good in the paint last season as well i think that they're going to be good in the front court and dana altman he he's a good coach he has been very very successful at oregon he he hasn't won less than 20 games at oregon in any of his 13 seasons with the ducks Proven track record of success. He's been coaching since the 90s and has won and progressed programs wherever he's gone. So I'm in on Dana Holtman. I'm in on Oregon being good. This is going to be a really interesting team to watch, I believe, this season. uh, Because they do have a lot of turnover, but they have so much talent coming in. And if Dana Holtman can get this team to mesh and gel, this Oregon team could be... Top 25 in the ap multiple times this season although we know how we feel about the ap poll um they also keep in folly dante dante sorry uh preseason first team all pack 12. he's going to return as the team's leading scorer freshman freshman class yikes uh should support dante as well uh this is a good team this is a team that does kind of worry me a little bit for ohio state now, as we're heading into this this new tier, all of these games, Ohio State very well could lose. If Ohio State and Oregon were to play, no idea who Vegas would favor. I wish I knew, though. Uh, it, it, if they play this game 10 times, I think maybe Oregon wins six, maybe Ohio State wins six times. But it, it would be very, very close you're leaning on the fact that you're getting Oregon pretty early in the year and you hope that rotation isn't quite sound yet, whereas Ohio State has a little bit more continuity. So that's going to be my tiebreaker here. If you're getting tired of hearing me pick Ohio State winning games, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to go Ohio State 68, Oregon 64 in this one. I think these two teams are very, very evenly matched. And if Ohio State does get to play Oregon, I'm going to be excited for that. That'll be a really good game. Let's move on. Uh, Ohio State has Alabama, UCLA, Texas a and Those are the final three teams that I'm going to talk about. And I'm actually going to talk about them in that order. I think Alabama is uh, number 10 here on this list in terms of teams Ohio State should be concerned about. And I was somewhat close, somewhat close to putting Oregon over Alabama in terms of teams I'm concerned about and that may surprise you if you haven't followed college basketball that closely if you're really in on Ohio State in the Big Ten and and less elsewhere then you you may be confused by that because Alabama last season got the number one overall seed for the first time in program history in the NCAA tournament they finished 31 and 6 16 and 2 in the SEC and won the SEC tournament and regular season title they were incredibly dominant number three team in Ken Palm Uh, They're losing Brandon Miller, of course, and his smattering of awards, including All-American. But all in all, this Alabama team last season was very, very, very good. This season. They are ranked number 10 in Ken Palm. They're ranked number 24 in the AP poll. What do I care about more? The AP poll or Ken Palm? Not the AP poll. Uh, There's a lot of turnover on this roster this season. They've got five outgoing transfers. Their top two scorers are gone. Of course, we already mentioned Brandon Miller. Don't think for a second that this is the same team that got the number one overall seed last season. It's just, it's, it's, not, it's not remotely close in my opinion, and that's why potentially they're number 24 in the AP. Other people may be seeing that as well. They lose Javon Quinterly to Memphis. That's going to be a huge loss. Jaden Bradley is going to Arizona, which is going to hurt the front court talent. Um, and another twenty top twenty-five recruit like Quinterly was. Uh, they do pick up the number three overall transfer in Grant Nelson from North Dakota State. He was the number one power forward in the transfer portal class, and he's already been voted to the preseason first team All SEC. So or first team, preseason All-SEC first team, I believe is he the correct nomenclature, which I don't even know if that's the right word. Uh, Syntax, something like that. Uh, This should still be a productive roster. You've got Mark Sears remaining on the team. He's going to provide some stability, 12.5 points per game last season, 3.5 rebounds, 2.6 assists per game. Fantastic defender who's going to give Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, whoever he's guarding, he's going to give him some fits. He scored 26 against Arkansas last season. Aaron Estrada is joining from Hofstra as a transfer, joining Alabama. Should be a productive scorer at shooting guard. And then Nate Oates, he had a complete team last season. Offensively and defensively, the metrics were off the charts. I'm talking Top ninetieth, top ninety-fifth percentile, and better. And nearly all, not nearly all, but several, more often than not, were they elite at something than not elite offensively and defensively. You don't get the number one overall seed without that. Uh, they had both. They they play a really fast pace. They'll likely try to speed up Ohio State. And Nate Oates, I'm not sure, is really given us a reason to not believe in him and his programs yet he was elite at buffalo he continues to progress alabama this is a game that ohio state again they have more continuity than alabama in terms of blue chip talent at least ohio state and their sophomore and freshman class could potentially beat alabama in terms of blue chip talent i don't know uh but I'm I I I think I have to pick Alabama to win this game. It just it feels like I have to. I'm gonna go 72 to 65. Alabama wins this game. I think Nate Oates is really really good. I think Grant Nelson will step in and be phenomenal. He was really really good at North Dakota State during his career. So I think Bama takes this game. We know Ohio State will take on Bama. Uh, I would assume that if they lose, they would go on to take on Santa Clara. If Santa Clara loses to Oregon, which would be sad. I really do want to see Ohio State take on Oregon. I think that would be an incredibly fun matchup. But I've got Ohio State losing to Alabama. Let's go UCLA. That'll be the next team we, we, we talk about before we get to the last team here. And we're we're going to be well over an hour for this show. So for that, I apologize. But if you're happy for, with it, uh, then you're welcome. Last season, UCLA finished 31-6, 18-2 in the Pac-12. First in the Pac-12, number three in Ken Palm. Lost to Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, one of the best games of the tournament. I think Michigan State, Kansas State was probably the best. Maybe San Diego State and who did they play? Miami, I think, uh, with their buzzer beater. Uh, But UCLA had a great game, played a great game, uh, great season, uh, played a great game that unfortunately ended their season. This season, they're coming in at number 26 and Ken Palm, very, very close to Alabama. And Ken Palm, number three in the Pac-12 preseason poll. They did get four first place votes out of 26. So you say, oh, four out of 26, that sucks. They're not going to be good this season. I'm sure you don't say that, but uh, you could also be Cal or Stanford. Uh, They received votes in the AP poll, but they were not ranked. I personally think UCLA is better than Illinois, who is ranked at number 25 in the AP poll. I would also put Maryland above Illinois. Sorry I'm not that high on Illinois this season. Uh, those are a few teams that did not make it in the top 25 who should be there, I believe, over Illinois. I don't know why I'm slandering Illinois an hour into the show, but uh, sometimes that's how it goes. Uh, as far as the UCL- UCLA team, uh, they're going to be stacked on their freshman class. And I mean stacked. All seven freshmen. Or they're taking in this season rank in the top 90. They've got a top three center, a top 10 power forward. They've got two top 10 shooting guards, and a top 10 combo guard as well. Really, really, really good freshman class for UCLA. They've got Adem Bona returning. He's Pac 12 first team, uh, I believe. You were also voted to the Pac-12, at least honorable mention. Yes, you listening. The, the list, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, rules have just evaporated into thin air at this point. With first team, five players should be on the first team. If you want to do a second team, that's five. F- fine. Five players should be on that too. For a third team, if you want to get crazy in the, and do that, that's fine. Five players should be on it. You should either do a third team or an honorable mention. Doesn't matter to me. But the fact that there's like 17 players on the all-pack 12 team really, really turns my pages. I'm not a fan of it. Anyways, uh, you've got Ale Mara, uh top 15 freshman coming in. He's the top three center as well, who I think is going to be big and impactful for UCLA. And of course, you've got Mick Cronin stomping his feet there. Uh, on the sidelines, uh, he's an elite head coach, built up Cincinnati, and only left to take one of the best jobs in the nation at UCLA. Uh, his his resume at UCLA is is daunting. It's really, really good. He, he missed the NCAA tournament in, the, in his first year at UCLA, as did 100% of college basketball uh, because of the COVID year. He's made it every year since then. His winning percentage has risen every season so far. Success is not linear, but the fact that you can raise your team's winning percentage every year in four years, that is really, really impressive and speaks to Mick Cronin and what he's capable of doing. I don't think that he can raise his winning percentage much more this season. They went, what, 31-6, and I believe? Yeah, they went 31-6. and So that's going to be hard to do, but if anyone can do it, I guess it's going to be Mick Cronin. So UCLA, as a team, I I rank them above Alabama because UCLA has an incredible freshman class coming in. They've got a couple of of okay transfers. That's fine. Um, But the, the coaching difference here is what makes me more fearful about UCLA than Alabama. Neither team has any continuity in terms of the roster makeup. But Mick Cronin, I believe, there's... You can count the the list on one hand of better coaches than Mick Cronin and the entire nation. And I don't know if, if there's any shoe-ins who are easily better than Mick Cronin. So for that reason, I do fear UCLA more than I fear Alabama. And I'm going to give UCLA the win in this one. And I'm going go to go 82-72. On this one, I think UCLA wins. I think just the amount of blue-chip talent, like Mick Cronin is just going to be like, okay, uh, you're the number 20 recruit in the nation. Can you play? Yeah, okay, cool. Number number 26 recruit, can you play? No, okay, I'll go to my number 31 recruit in the nation. Like it, It's just insane the amount of talent that they have in their freshman class. So for that reason, I'm taking UCLA. All right. Last team that we get to here, and if you've been here, if you're, if you're here this long and you haven't subscribed yet, I question the other life choices that you're making. So there's that. Texas A&M, the final team that we'll talk about last season. They go 25-10, and 15-3 in the SEC, finished second in the conference. NCAA tournament for the first time under Buzz Williams, number 33 and Ken Palm to end the year. This season. They're ranked number 24 in Ken Palm, number 15 in the AP poll, number two in the SEC preseason poll right behind Tennessee. And as far as Texas A&M, UCLA, Alabama, who's going to be the best team out of those? I think that you can make a case for Alabama. You can make a case for Texas A&M. You can make a case for UCLA. I'm here to make the case for Texas A&M. First of all, they have a loaded backcourt. They lose Dexter Dennis, but they still retain Wade Taylor, and that is a a huge, huge retention for Texas A&M. He averaged 16 points per game last season, three rebounds per game, four assists. He was one of seven to make the preseason SEC all-first team because what I do typically when I'm fielding a basketball team is I pick seven players to go on the floor rather than the customary five, because again, rules have just evaporated into thin air. So we we can pick seven. That's fine. Uh, but Wade Taylor, if you were going to take two players off the SEC first team, it wouldn't be him because he was also voted preseason SEC player of the year. I think Wade Taylor is probably a top 10 player in the entire nation. Um, he's going to be really, really good this season for Texas A&M. They also get Tyrese Bradford, 13 points per game, five rebounds per game, two assists per game. He was an elite offensive rebound, a rebounder, especially being a guard. Uh, most of their guards, by the way, at Texas A&M really, really well on the offensive glass, led to a lot of second chance points for Texas A&M last season in terms of the supporting cast they've got julius marble former michigan state forward nine points per game four rebounds per game likely won't scare you defensively but he can score by the hoop offensively and then they get a duke transplant Henry Coleman, the third, he averaged nine points per game last season, six rebounds as well. So the backcourt is loaded. The front court is loaded. They get to the free throw line a lot. And by a lot, I mean more than literally anyone in college basketball last season. And they shot 76% from the free throw line last season. That's very good as well. So as I look at one of the more complete teams on the roster. Complete teams on the roster. Sorry. Uh, That's why you don't look at notes while you talk. Uh, You you look at one of the more complete teams in all of college basketball. I think Texas A&M is better than where the AP ranks them at 15. I think that they are better than where the Ken Palm ranks them at number 24. I think Texas A&M is a top 10 team. I think Texas A&M could go toe-to-toe with Michigan State. Could go toe-to-toe with Purdue. uh, Marquette. UConn any of those top teams I think Texas A&M is really really good this season I'm in on Texas A&M so will they win the SEC I don't know Tennessee is going to be good Alabama is going to be good there's going to be some competition there in the SEC but this is a team that should be competing for a top four five seed within the NCAA tournament very very easily I think Texas A&M is really good I think Texas A&M at, home, at Columbus, in Columbus, at Ohio State, the second game of the year. They do have a fair amount of retention back. I I am so, so not confident in this pick. So not confident. My pick in, in, in UCLA, I feel fine about that. My pick in Alabama, I feel fine about that. In terms of who will win this game, look, Texas AM and is going to be favored. It's, it's the first home game of the year, it's or not the first home game of the year, the first big home game of the year. It's the second game of the season. It's it's hard for me to pick this. I'm going to say Texas A&M wins, but I think it's going to be 72 to 69 and I think that Ohio State misses a buzzer beater to lose this game or something like that. Like it's going to be that close. I think Texas A&M is really good, but the fact that it's at the shot Hopefully, Ohio State fans are there and are loud. It's early on in the season. You never know what can happen. This feels like a game that Ohio State can win. I would feel more confident that Ohio State can beat Texas A&M, even after everything I said, than I am that they can beat UCLA or Alabama. So there's that. But Texas a and I think it's going to be the toughest game of the season. We'll see. I have talked about Ohio State's non-conference schedule for over an hour. I would have loved to put this into two episodes, but I simply couldn't. If you saw the tweet yesterday, I posted, hey... Here's the schedule for the rest of the season preview series. And there is a lot of content. I've added an episode. Some of these episodes have been broken into two. I probably should have started this a little bit earlier. But we're going to have content today here on Friday. Then next week, we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The week after that, we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then the week after that, Ohio State begins the season. So we'll have an episode potentially again monday wednesday friday because they'll take on oakland to start the year on monday i will try to have an episode out after the game on monday night so you can wake up to it on tuesday morning may go wednesday to preview texas a&m and then may review the texas a&m game on friday so you can have it on saturday for the weekend that said if you're here to this point and you still have not subscribed, you're going to miss out on a lot of good content, and I'm not sure why you, you would want to miss out on this. Also, if you're here and you made it an hour and 15 minutes, can you please just do one simple thing, and that's like the tweet and like the tweet that that posted this, this podcast that made you aware of it. And also, can you give us a five-star rating if you haven't already? That would mean a lot. Make us look good help out the show and whatever helps out the show helps you so appreciate you listening today i know it's been super long but you're a trooper and you should be proud of yourself for that as always it's been fun i will shut up before you shut me off go bucks